The flogcast may occasionally contain explicit content that makes it not safe for work or for minors. It also doesn't provide an excuse to use the same words on Bay 13. Normal Bigfooty rules still apply. Alright, so this is the vlogcast for round 7. The emotionally checked out Tiger Starburns is here and I'm joined by our professional dentist patient from Collingwood, Morgan Ashley. Hello. And joining us again is Bay 13's most popular Kiwi, potential Kiwi, uh, Penal. Well, it's not like there's much competition when, like, it's between me and Plugger. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, you're Bay 13's favourite in that regard. Um, even if it wasn't for the umpire baiting, there's the music spam and everything else. So. 90s reminiscent. Mm. This story is too long. <laughs> it's like, get to the point. Presumably we will get Dan when um, apparently he's cutting his toenails. It's his Monday evening routine. Then we cannot break I that. thought it was just an annual routine, just once a year. Once a year? Well, yeah, on, on the 1st of May. <laughs> yeah, 1st of May is Nails Day. <laughs> as soon as he's finished with that, I will hopefully have him on board. You have to have pretty sharp, like pretty good nails to play the piano. Yeah, well, that's true. If you had big, long ones, they're probably, like, if you push down, they might snap or you might not get enough force coming through. If you have those, like, really long, uncut, curly toenails, that would allow you to manipulate the pedals on the piano a little better, wouldn't it? So that's probably why he, why he grows them. I, I was very intrigued as to where you are going there when you said long and uncut, and I was thinking it's back to the Mr. Aaron of that takes episode. But let's go to Google Tears from this week, and who wants to go first? I got a bit of both. So I got some goo for Terry Antonis and Melbourne Victory. Um, there's nothing sweeter than beating Sydney FC. There's nothing sweeter than beating him at home um, in extra time. And the look on Graham Arnold's face was delicious. He's such a shit eater. Next and national I've coach got, too. Yeah, great. So I'm going to hate the next very, national coach. Very popular man. Yeah, between him and Tim Cahill, I'm not fucking watching. <laughs> And I've got tears for the process because all we've been told from the Philadelphia 76ers is we should trust the process. And yet the two-man team couldn't beat the team that has no one left today. And that dickhead Ben Simmons walked in with a fucking gold kangaroo necklace on like he's an Australian. Please, mate. Fucking, don't be saying that, cunt. He, at least unlike Kyrie, he plays for us. When? He chose not to play for us. Yeah, well, it was true. to not play. He got to get paid. He hadn't even been drafted yet. He was playing fucking D-League rather than that. I know, but if he gets injured, he don't get paid. Wah. He's always going to get paid. Give me a spell. <laughs> don't wear your gold kangaroo chain when you've got an American accent thicker than fucking anybody else in the league. I'm here for the real the real Australian players, like Jingles. Jingles and the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz, where they don't allow music. But they do allow you to still be an Australian. So that, that's the extent of your goo. you got a lot of other sport goo and tears and all that, but nothing else? Uh, I, don't, I don't think anything really that interesting happened on the weekend. I, I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't happy. I wasn't anything. It was just meh. We've got more praise this week for losing than we did for winning. You're pretty brave. A couple of weeks. Oh, no. No, thanks. So, yeah, just that like they say, brave. it's never as good as the... It's never as good as they make it out to be, and it's never as bad. But I did appreciate Dimmer coming in to support his little mate Bucks and being like, Collingwood are the best team we've played all year. Oh. Spell. Oh, the Crows fans did not like that. Yeah. What a whack that is. Penal, do you want to go next? 
I feel like Cookie was probably going to take this one, but if he's not around, I'll go ahead and have some mixed goo and tears for the uh, for the F1 on the weekend, which um, yeah stayed up to watch on Sunday night, and uh, I definitely um, almost getting ready to to book a trip to Baku next year for the next race because it's probably the only interesting one left. Like caught the um, the Australian one earlier in the year and it's just complete boring but for some reason Baku just always throws up something eventful where is Baku? it was blood Azerbaijan oh okay <laughs> it's an Azerbaijan Grand Prix okay yeah there's an Azerbaijan Grand Prix and um it's, it's surprisingly it's not even the most obscure one because they have like Bahrain which is even smaller and that as well but it was absolutely brilliant and exciting no doubt every australian fan there was devastated to see uh ricardo crash into verstappen again and it was verstappen's fault again because he's a fucking idiot basil zempelis was particularly devastated because he couldn't make any jokes about ricardo on the weekend or on sunrise or whatever he does so my my goose for the fact that it was a brilliant event, my tears are for Verstappen being an idiot and Bottas being the most unlucky person in the world every single time. I'll go last with goo, and I think I have this goo at around about this time every year. But I'm going to go there again because it's 12 months on, and every year the NFL draft is fantastic viewing. The trades, the trolling, and it being in Dallas this year, Everybody had a whack <laughs> like when they come up to announce the picks. Like, I wish we had that sort of thing. Former players come up to announce a pick and actually engage in a little bit of banter, which is what happened with the Eagles kicker, taking the piss out of the Dallas fans that were all there. And, but it's just a really interesting event and the fucking mess that comes out of it when players slide and training of picks is insane. And I hope we do it in the AFL one day, but it'll never match. All of it was really good. Did you see any of it, Morgs? Yeah, seen a lot of it. Absolutely loved it. Having walked on that hallowed turf uh, late last year was really good to see. Oh, Jerry World? You went to Jerry World? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to I went to Jerry Land. Did you not know that? No, I knew you went to America. I didn't know Jerry Land was on the... Yeah, so I was in Dallas for three nights. So I went on the Cowboy Stadium tour. It was incredible. Absolutely yep. incredible. You saw the big I, screen? Yeah, the, we got to sit down and watch for on the big screen for a while, which was so cool. But, yeah, it's this stadium itself is amazing. But if you had to play a drinking game and have a drink every time your tour guide said Jerry's name, you would be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> like everything, Jerry, 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 Jerry. Anyway. It's probably, from the con- they're probably, it's probably in their contract. Yeah, you must. Everything is about Jerry. Jerry picked this, Jerry did this, Jerry did this. But, um. We like even went into the suite where he watches the game and stuff. Like it was so sick. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, I did have was going to have a, a bit of uh, a bit of goo also for Shakib getting picked up. Oh yes, how good's that? If ever there was a good story in sport, I think this could be one of the best to have made it as far as he has without only having one hand is just amazing and. I think he's incredible. So that's a great story. Yeah, that is a great story. Did you see the tweet, though, that I think it was 
Oh, who was it? it? Was Adam Schefter? He tweeted it today, and it was talking about Rashid Griffin's number one fan. It was a girl with like one arm, and he tweeted a picture and with a clapping emoji. <laughs> this is the first response was that's probably not the right emoji to, he didn't have a good week if it was Schefter as well because he announced the trade up for Lama Jackson trying to be first <laughs> Lama Jackson <laughs> Lama Jackson I thought your Saints were going to draft him too after they traded up all those picks and then they <laughs> defensive end yeah but I think it's what we need mm. but it's a big it, price to pay like to, yeah, it is to big go up and but, reach but we're if, if ever we're in the window, it is now. Whilst Breeze is still Breeze, like the fall from when he goes will be hard. So we need to get the pieces we need for the puzzle straight away. And if that's what he brings, then I'm all for it. I did also like the other thing, whilst staying on the draft, I did like is it took Baker Mayfield one day to be Clevelanded, if anyone saw him throughout the first pitch the next day. No. <laughs> He went to the Indians game, and him and the other guy they drafted at Fort Ward, I think it was, each threw out mm. the first pitch at the Indians game. And Mayfield made the catcher reach a fair way. You got the quarterback who can't hit it, can't throw the ball over the plate. One day after being drafted to Cleveland, you're just like, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> like, there's an omen for you. It's like drafting a key position player. On in the AFL, who goes mm. up and to collect his jersey from Gil McLaughlin, and he drops it. He falls over. <laughs> he concusses himself. Surprised McCartan didn't do that. It's just one of those really bad omens that would probably happen to St Kilda. Yeah, Carlton pick one this year, if anyone. Seems a likely chance. <laughs> I could go on about plenty of things from the draft about how interesting it was, but I think probably said enough. The draft weekend is far superior than All-Star weekend oh, yeah. um, in every every aspect, and I think it is something we can definitely learn from. Whatever, just, let, just let, let's just start the NFL season already. Yeah, fuck it. it, it it's one of those things that makes you want to see the start of the season come around. Really. It just doesn't go long enough. So it's over. It, it, it is over so quickly, like 16 weeks and... Five, four weeks of playoffs, is it? Yeah. And all the games happen on the same day, basically. So it's like you don't even get the whole weekend thing that we get. No, you don't get three days worth of it. You get one. We are spoiled for choice in the AFL in that we get, you can watch up to probably six games a weekend, most weekends, for 22 weeks if you are that keen on the game. But currently, that causes people to complain because there's no good football to watch. <laughs> well, well, we'll come to that as we go into the games because there were two good games of football at the very least. And they overlapped. And they did. <laughs> and they overlapped. We never with... went until Sunday afternoon for it. Amazingly, Friday night Stinkfest got lost in, lost in that. Normally, it would be a bigger deal, but I don't think anyone actually watched it. Oh, there were just so many worse games that people just kind of forgot on it. Forgot all about Friday night and just moved on to the easy targets. We'll begin with the Derby because it was the closest of the games, I think. It was only seven points or eight points or something in the end. And, you know, it was a fantastic game of football of the one quarter I saw of it after I got home. But do we see anything out of this? I caught the the ending and, um, yeah, it was just typical uh, Fremantle fanfare, really. I think... Um, they were coming and coming and just um, 
a bit like Ross Lyon at a Christmas party, just couldn't get the job done. <laughs> they, get... They, they, they looked like they were in, up for it, but after the contest, they couldn't just get the chocolates. They had to settle for a loss. Saw uh, Nat Fife repeat his uh, tw- 2013 grand final efforts by shanking one from like 20 out directly in front at a crucial moment. Yeah, they probably should have won that game. They had a bit more class. Obviously, losing uh, losing Walters, I think, very early didn't help. Uh, so, yeah, they just didn't have the polish. But um, according to, to Frio fans, it's all because uh, Margetts and Dalgleish were umpiring. Can we, can we discuss that? I'm sure it happens a lot, but the idea that these two umpires during the derby fix rig every derby. It's like when St Kilda had the knives out for the, was it Anthony Stevens? Was he the one they were after? Oh, with the uh, the background from the grand final on Twitter. Yeah. Out, and then that meant he was all on support. <laughs> <laughs> the mental gymnastics around umpiring is one of the funnier things. Pros fans with uh, Pernell. <laughs> yes. Stevick and Hawthorne, as much as we like to make jokes about it, there's, there's some people who are genuinely... Are genuinely mentally ill is <laughs> uh, probably the best uh, way to put it. Do we want to discuss the medal from that game? Oh, what an embarrassment. What an absolute embarrassment. So it's the idea that it ended up a tie. Yeah, when... if that if that wasn't rigged, I will eat my own hat. <laughs> it's like for you have to have the Glendening medal awarded it has to be awarded this one time and they get there was the compromise made which really shouldn't have been made but whatever and then yes now two players get a medal you may as well have given out the glendenning medal to a west coast player and told Frio you can have the ross lion commemorative condom or something like you're right it was so rigged best comment was on afl 360 about it where joe waitley made the comment that considering on past form it would have been hilarious if Glenn Denning just went, no, fuck this, I'm giving it to the West Coast player. He should have. He should have pulled yeah. rank. But, yeah, on that medal, we discussed it last week, but how embarrassing is it that the West Coast have effectively caved on this and now we're going to get a... Ben Allen medal. Well, Ben Allen, well, I don't think it should be. Like, there are so many better Fremantle candidates like Clive or McManus. Kepler. Jack Anthony. Des Hedlund. Anybody. But... How did Paul Hazelby put Lockie Neal in the votes but not Shannon Hearn? Bias? I think that Paul Hazelby, it's his fault. I think that he wanted this to happen and he wanted a tie. Knowing that Hearn and Neal had get votes from the other two vlogs and he's gone, I'm just going to give him to Neal and leave Hearn out and bingo, we've got a tie. So it's like that time KB voted on the Rising Star and gave to Lydia Five and Griffin none. <laughs> <laughs> there should never be a tie. In the event of a tie... Somebody should just come. Somebody, the Ross Glendening decides. And they like, well, we can't get like, is there a Dick Pratt medal? Because he can't decide. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Norm, Norm Smith can't decide who it's Norm Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, so, all right, somebody well, has to don't... be in charge of. Deciding. Don't they with the Norm Smith do they do a count back for most most number Three of threes? Yes. And then yeah, so why didn't they just do that? Yeah, yeah. Was they, that... they both they both oh, got they... a three each. Neil got a three and Hearn got a three. 
Yeah, so what are some good tie-break systems used around the world? No, they should have had to, like, paper, scissors, rock or something. Flip a coin like we do. If they had a paper, scissors, rock, like, I reckon that... Or what about drawing rocks, like, on Survivor? Yeah, yeah, drawing rocks. if someone drew the purple rock, fuck off, you lose the medal because purple's a shit colour. Sorry, Lockie Neal, you drew the purple rock, same as your shit jumper, fuck off, no medal for you. <laughs> yeah, drawing rocks is the best option. I got nothing much else out of that game. Like, they shouldn't rename the medal Fremantle. When your club actually achieves something, then you can have a medal. Until then, your McClellan trophy, which you didn't get to keep is not enough to get a medal named after anyone, but whatever. Especially when it's going to be Ben Allen. Like, fuck me. Being serious hat on, you have Pavlich. Yes. <laughs> and they're never going to name anything else after him. Like, they've already named so, them BNF. Is that what it's called? No, 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 no. It's the Doig or something named after, like, a waffle, one of the Fremantle club waffles. Yeah, so people. why don't they just call it the Matthew Pavlich medal? Yeah, the Makes no Pav. It's just like, because yeah, Pav's never going to have anything. It's like West Coast eventually named theirs after Warsfold, which I don't know about that in hindsight. But um, whereas some of the other clubs have held off till they get someone worth it, Giants went all in and named theirs after Sheedy, the dumb cunts. Giants. Giants. But <laughs> that wasn't the smartest move. But, you know, Freo named theirs early. So now they've got a club champion, the best player they probably ever have. And it's like they want to put Ben Allen on the medal. Yeah, well, I guess stupid, stupid. inaugural captain, like, fair enough, but surely you've got to find room for Pav somewhere. Yeah. Even if it's, like, name the... I don't think they uh, ported the Chris Main wearing wing over to the new Optus Stadium, so I'm presuming there's a, there's a name free for a wing, so maybe Theo can get some sort of arrangement where for their home games they call it the... Pavlich wing or the Pavlich stand or something like they oh. do with Eddie had. Yeah. I'm going to have a minor melt right now. You don't get to rename the fucking wings and the fucking ends. They're called what they're called and you don't get to rename them. At Eddie had, Essendon used to have like a Matthew Lloyd end. There's a, the Robert Flower wing. No, no, what? this is not. Melbourne have a Robert Flower wing. Where? At the G. But they put it on the screen, on the, on the signage. Yes. He's got a terrace. It's a bar I drink in it. No, it's a Robert Flower wing. They've already no. named something after him at the ground. That's, that's silly. That's confusing. But no. that's on the out. That's on the outside that you can see. You wouldn't be able to see the name of the bar on the outside. True. This is ridiculous. You don't get to name them. Like, and Eddie had their called whatever they're called, Coventry and whatever. Lockett? Are they not called that? Country and Lockett, yeah. Two leading dogs yeah. is not Matthew yes. Lloyd when Essendon play, no. not Footscray when the dogs play. Like, No, and it's the Punt Road end and the City end. Mm-hmm. We don't rename them, but... Member, other members end and Southern Stand end. Makes me sick. Makes me sick. I'm pretty sure the, the worst one, though, is... I don't know if they do it anymore, but there was a period St Kilda home games that Eddie had. They used to have the Milne end. No, <laughs> they did not. I'm sure of it because he's the all-time leading goal kicker at that yeah. ground. They didn't have permission. They just put it up. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they went ahead and did it. No, they didn't ask. They just went, they just went ahead and put the sign up. No, you're right. You don't change the ends. No, that gives me a massive melt. Did they name the main wearing thing before or after? I don't know. I'm going to say after, but 
like admittedly there are no wings named it. He had like this the Doug Hawkins wing as it's been like colloquially known, but it doesn't have an official name. But if they were really keen on that sort of thing, when the AFL set it up, they should have taken the feedback of their four tenant clubs and said, you can each have a wing or an end, give us your players. And then you might have ended up with Lockett for St Kilda and Carey for North and Hawkins for the Dogs and someone for Essendon on the wing. They, God, at least it wasn't the herd wing. But, you know, that's what they could have done. But too late now. Ship sailed. The Darren Buick win. <laughs> Jason if, Johnson. If, if all the wings are taken, then you can go for the uh, the herd off-site injecting room. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in the bowels of the stadium. <laughs> Medical centre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I hate the naming of wings. Maybe, maybe they'll name the new hotel after Bomber Thompson. They <laughs> <laughs> could name the Romance Centre and the Bomber Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> they could name the new concourse to Richmond Station and the MCG after Jack Revolt. Are they building a concourse? Well, eventually when the Southern Stand goes in, the, the concourse will extend from the Southern Stand all the way to the platforms on Richmond Station, so you don't have to cross Brunton Avenue anymore. So that'll be the quickest getaway, to, Rich, quickest getaway to Richmond Station, which clearly it should be the Jack Reebok concourse. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to play Aboriginal music like the other ones. <laughs> oh, okay. I was at West Coast Carden with um, Nancy and Reap, and... We had a few beers, and we're walking towards that. I go, just be wary of this bridge <laughs> because it, it plays like because it talks. It talks, <laughs> and when it's dark and you've had a few, it catches you by surprise. <laughs> you start looking around, and who the fuck's there? It is when you're not when you don't have your wits completely about you. It is quite a bizarre experience because yeah, it's like indigenous chanting on that bridge on that bridge yeah. to Burrungma. It's just like. It's, it sounds like the, a din of voices. You're like, what the fuck's going on? It's so weird. <laughs> I hate walking across that bridge. Yeah, it's spooky. <laughs> it is. It's legitimately, it's a spooky fucking bridge. And I, I hope they do it in Perth's bridge. They put some <laughs> Daniel's <laughs> Empress commentary. That's like, that's like Dan <laughs> Cousins. Come on, fucking run, cunt. Fucking run. <laughs> The cops are coming, right? <laughs> Oh, fuck. I think it's time we moved on. We got a little bit off track, but there's not a lot to talk about amongst the games. We got a little bit off track. We talked about an Aboriginal bridge. <laughs> what? Hang on. Has the bridge in Perth got a name? Uh, probably have to build it first before they can name it. Pretty sure they're not there yet. They have to name it after Cuz. He's the first man to cross the river. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go, Matagarup Bridge. So presumably it probably will play Aboriginal music. Um, and it's like 65 metres high and people can climb it. Like the, uh, don't know how it works, if it's like the Sydney Harbour Bridge and you have to like go up there as part of a tour or something or if you can just sort of let your kids climb up the sides of it and <laughs> fall into the river down below. 65 metres, that's not as high as Ben used to be. <laughs> I was, I was going to ask if it's like the Sydney Harbour Bridge, 65 metres, does that make it taller than the Sydney Harbour Bridge or and just short of the Westgate? Or, um... <laughs> that was still the best banner. <laughs> Fact. 
And he got fired. Let's go to the next closest game, which was Richmond Collingwood, which was a game right until probably halfway through the last when eventually the damn wall broke. But up to that point, Collingwood were very brave. Very brave. Shut the fuck up. You were pretty brave. You were the toughest team we've played all year. We weren't brave. We were good. We were good. And then we went down two rotations and... That's pretty brave. Well, the better team came out on top. Yeah, it's not. I'd, I'd say it's pretty brave. It's not brave. Anyway. I'll tell you it wasn't brave. Lyndon Dunn. Aww. Oh, a... did, did, did he get a little bump? What a poor little soul. You, you can't fucking do that. What sort of dumb cunt goes and tries to iron out a teenager? Like, look how physical I am. Look how, look how physical I am. I'm going to go for the smallest guy on the other team. Oh. There's a different set of rules for the young kids, is there? There was no different set of rules for when we ironed out Jack Watts when he was a teenager. Well, that sort of destroy his career, but the point being that... It was dumb. The players that roughed up Jack Watts were actually legitimate footballers, not like borderline... It was Nick Maxwell. Clogged. Oh, was it Nick Maxwell? <laughs> uh, I stand corrected. No, no, I'll take that. Genuine footballer. I think... I thought it was Presty and um, fucking Heath Shaw. Nick Maxwell was part of it. Anyway, he wasn't the only one that did it. Old Captain Courageous Scott decided he'd do the same thing, cost us 50 metres. Fucking knobhead. <laughs> I thought Pendleton um, was pretty good. Thought he was not the best midfielder in his team. Correct. That's true. That, that is true. He wasn't the best captain on the ground either. Just quiet. He certainly wasn't. Hodgson was fantastic. That was, I, he was nearly my goo, but I went the NFL go. No, you have to have your annual NFL draft goo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, look, I'm very much on Buckley's side. I always have been, but I don't see how you can ever bring in Jared Blair and Chris Main. I just don't get it. When I saw I those ins, I just went, thank you. After last week when we discussed this off, when the podcast finished, you and I were left and we discussed what the potential ins could be. Neither of those two names fucking came up, <laughs> and there's a reason for that, <laughs> because putting them in is literally tanking. <laughs> It's, it's not literally tanking. It is it is a tactical misstep. It is acknowledging to a degree that, holy shit, the team, the team that's good enough to beat Essendon will not compete with Richmond physically and fitness-wise. We better bring in these less capable footballers who might tackle a little bit better. Would but, the four-day break have had something to do with that? Selection like the well, no, because you, no. you dropped no, someone, you rested Crocker, but you dropped someone, didn't you? No, no, we've rested Crocker and we've rested Varco, and then Langdon came out sore, yeah. So that's then you picked the first game, but, but like, yeah, and he wasn't at all, didn't drop his colors at all. Flynn no. Appleby, I thought it was pretty good, um, probably one of the better first games for a defender that I've seen, but he was he was good when, when he had to go, whatever, and wasn't overawed by Jack or anything like that. So I was happy with him. There's no, there's no excuse to bring in those two players. Not when you've got Fasolo kicking four goals. And I, I don't care how many times you think that defensive pressure is going to win you games. What's going to win you games against a team that kicks goals is somebody who kicks goals and Fasolo kicks goals. You don't have to remind Starburns that Fasolo kicks goals. Yeah, <laughs> Starburns knows all about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if we'd have lost because of Fasolo, I'd have been furious. But, yeah, like, the whole thing about Collingwood this year up until that point was backing yourself, backing yourself, backing yourself, and all of a sudden you come up against an opponent who clearly you're not favoured to and you're going to have to work really hard to beat and Buckley blinks yeah. at selection. 
I've seen it before. Hardwick used to do this sort of thing when Steve Morris would come back in. I think it happened last year when we played the Crows when they blew us out over there. It was the only game Morris played all year, but Hardwick brought him in. I was just like, you idiot. It's just like these things happen where they just, a coach will see a team that they're, it's almost like they're scared of them a little bit or they're concerned about whether what they're doing will stack up and they make one of these backward step calls and you made two in one week and they won't be there next week. Main was putrid. I thought they were both terrible. That's a very team board thing to do. Like, that's like a very team board thing to do on selections. Like, because I see it all the time. Like, whenever you go and read, like, a pre-match thread on the Hawthorne board, it's either the opposition has so many tall forwards, we need to play three tall defenders, or the opposition has no tall forwards, we need to play no tall defenders. And it's just inevitably the coach selects the best 22 and everyone goes into a meltdown. But you just got to back your structures in, back the players that get the job done week in, week out. And like Starburn said, not blink to the pressure of being intimidated by who the opposition has on the park. Just back your structures. I think horses for courses works if you play a bigger, bigger or a small team, but it's very rare cases. Not to such an extreme, though. Like, no. That's it. Like I say, it's a very team board, short-sighted yeah. way of looking at selection. If you just go, oh, we're up against this team, therefore we got to bring in da-da-da. Yeah. Yeah, well, I can rough. guarantee you that there is absolutely nobody on the team board that was wanting those, <laughs> that was wanting those things. And, and the craziest part about it is that Buckley so does not rate main, like as has been discussed, how he finds his way back in for a game this big. Yeah. I hope to not see either of them again, and I don't care if we pay Maine out. I don't want to see him again. There's no reason for it. And if, if that's literally if we are at the point where we have to play Jared Blair, then we're not in a contention anyway. So, fuck it. Not too much out of this game other than that. I thought, yeah, Collingwood were pretty brave to stay with us for as long as they did. In the end, it was just... You're so patronising. You are so patronising. No, you. It was. It was a pretty good game. Like we did what we normally do: five goal first half. I think it was four this week, and eleven or twelve in the second. That's wore them down. It took a lot longer than it's taken every against everybody else because they were kind of with us. But at the end, the right players stood up. Cochin stood up all, all game. Dusty was off, but when the moment arrived, he finished yeah. that goal. Oh, junk time, Dusty. I think that wasn't quite junk time, but even Cochin's effort when you probably could have got into it and that player slipped over and Cochin forced him to fuck the kick yeah. in the goal square. Nankervis's last quarter where he'd been behind all day, but he clearly went past Grundy on the day and literally in the last quarter yeah. by playing it out. But don't, I don't think the shin helped, but that's all right. I d- um, didn't know he had just hope he, the shin. Yeah, just hope he can get up this week. I'm not sure about that. but Who are you playing? Brisbane. You won't need him. <laughs> but we don't have another ruck. You ruck Cox and keep Chris Main in the side. I think, no, well, I think that ruck, maybe McClarty's been really good in the VFL, so maybe he comes in for just, the first game. But. Just fucking do what GWS did and not play a ruckman and let Stephen Martin dominate but win the game anyway. Yeah, because Zorko doesn't get touches anymore. Put Main in the ruck. Pendlebury in the ruck. Lyndon Dunn will be rubbing his hands together with glee at the thought of playing Brisbane. There'll be a lot of fucking young kids to bowl over off the ball. Oh, do you mean that he didn't get he didn't get suspended? Oh, I'm surprised he didn't get suspended for his 
huge hit on that poor, uh, innocent little um, boy. Unprovoked, mm. vicious hit. Unprovoked, vicious uh, let, attack. Let's, let's not forget what's being lost in all this, guys, is that Jack Higgins quit school to play footy. So brave. <laughs> Jack Higgins can't even write his own name, and it's Jack. Maybe he can, smell, he can spell snags, so that's okay. He can't smell, can't spell his name. Snags. That's probably how he signs his contract. Snags. The guys behind me at the ground were just dickheads, like he, the typical outer-standing dickheads. And then, oh, Jack, you're a premiership hero, blah, 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 blah. Everyone was a premiership hero. And then I was like, mate, please, even Jared Blair's got a premiership. And then didn't hear from him again. Didn't hear from him again. I did. I said that to him, and he didn't make another noise. Not even say it to him, just when Blair touches the ball. Blair, you're a premiership hero. Don't even turn around. Just, like, fucking just do oh, a passive-aggressive way. At one stage, um, oh, Ben Reid took a mark well outside 50 and over. I have a shot, and this guy's like, you're dreaming, Reid, you're dreaming. He kicks it. And I'm like, keep dreaming, Reedy, keep dreaming. Um, so, yeah, there was a bit of aggression. Someone tried yes. to record me at the game. So... I was in the first quarter. I was standing because we only had enough seats for me, my mum, my auntie, and um, NL came with us. So I was standing with NL until the second quarter. And this guy, I, like I'm the biggest stalker in the world. I know what it looks like when you record someone. I, I, I know what it looks like when you take sneaky photos. Like I know. And this guy was recording me, and he did it twice. And after the second time, I had enough. I turned around and I go, "Don't fucking record me again." And him and his mate are like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? We're not, we're not doing nothing. We're not doing nothing. I was like, please. And didn't take his phone out again for the rest of the game. I was like, well, obviously you were recording me because why are you not taking your phone out now? So I checked, I checked like the Nuffies page and I didn't make it on there. <laughs> I don't know what he did with that footage. <laughs> That's weird. Shame he wasn't there to record me when Andrew and Shelley touched my teeth. <laughs> Let's get, um, one other thing I did want to mention about the – Game, pre-match, that nothing else matters thing's cringy as fuck. I'll tell you what's not, bandwagon cam. I didn't, I didn't see it, you just only heard but did, what you said about but did it. did you see the tweet? Yeah, I did see the tweet. <laughs> the tweets were very funny, very funny. Bandwagon cam, check it out. Maybe they were filming you to put on bandwagon cam. No, it was a Collingwood initiative and the Richmond supporters were on bandwagon cam. Yeah. Maybe they thought you were a Richmond supporter like um, me and Charlie thought you were Carlton. Oh, I had a Collingwood jumper on. That didn't seem to yeah. matter last week. No, I was a, that was a, a neutral game. I only had a scarf on. Yeah, no, I just I thought that nothing else matters. Things cringy. They need to stop oh, it. Yeah, Get rid of the cheer squad. Get rid of the cheer squad banner. Just drop it. Everyone's trying this doesn't realise that most people who see Port Adelaide's thing go, <laughs> nah. Like, nobody thinks Port's thing is good except Port supporters. Like, everybody else sees and goes, oh, we don't want to be like that. They're simple South Australians. If you have to put the lyrics on the fucking signage around the ground, that's, yeah. Well, I didn't know the words to the song anyway, so I'm not singing it. This stuff has no place in the game. Let's go to Penal's favourite result of the weekend, and it wasn't Hawthorne St Kilda. The choke ground, as it's now known. Nobody, no Hannahs, off doing cocaine or whatever, as we discussed last week. No problems. Oh, this was funny. So, so funny. No, it wasn't. Too long on my knockout tip. Oh, you fucked up. 
Yeah, not funny. I didn't laugh. Didn't laugh once. <laughs> I laughed a lot. No forward line and couldn't kick a goal for a kick. The only goal they kicked in a half of football was not a goal. And yeah, they came out and rolled Geelong at the cheat ground. No, no buddy in the side. No Sam Reed, who's usually good for a oh, goal or two a game. And, you want and to at least provides they, a target. Where are they going to get their goals from? And at, what, three-quarter time, five goals on the board, one of them was pretty dodgy, you're sort of thinking, playing out as expected. But then, yeah, probably they got, by eight. then the, uh, the dream team got in the midfield, best midfield of all time, got rolled by a bunch of uh, kids. Uh, really doing the damage in the forward line, and Josh Kennedy played a great captain's game. Twelve consecutive um, centre clearances for the Swans to finish that game off. That's what happens when you don't pick a ruckman and you pick a fucking Gumby. <laughs> Gumby, like, and the Swans put unearthed a couple of no namers played well. Luke Ronke played all right. Luke Ronke, great, uh, great keeper. Yeah, showing how versatile. The Kiwis are. They could just transition effortlessly at the age of, what, 38 or whatever from being behind the sticks to kicking it through the big sticks. The dad Scott said he's the best footballs ahead of him. So it was pretty funny. I did the pretty poor form from the cheat ground crew to boo Gary Rowan at that one point where they did. Like, oh, they didn't. Did they? They did. They did. He was lining up for goal and they booed him. I don't know what... It, what preceded it but i think it's at a certain point you just got to go no we might disagree with the decision but it's probably not a good time to boot there's been some feral behavior from afl fans this round but i think that takes the cake mm, it really does it's um but at the same time i don't expect much different from the people of um Shiddell stadium nothing would surprise me of that of that bunch they, they were probably just upset because that free whopper or KFC, whatever it was, promotion got cancelled. Yeah, like they'll, they'll boo Gary Rowan, but if you barrack too hard at the MCG last year, they'll crack the sands. <laughs> they'll go full that's Catman. Very, that's very poor form to boo Gary Rowan. Mm, context is irrelevant in this situation. Are they booing him because he's red? Oh, yeah, maybe they, mm, maybe they were. That's a good point. Maybe they were the people that Dan went to school with. <laughs> The ones that forced him to move schools. Yeah, that's why he's not coming on because we've treated him. It's like he's back at school again and he has to change. So he's changed podcasts. He's gone to the Bainboard podcast. <laughs> the North one. <laughs> him and Kangaroos forever. <laughs> Ranger buddies forever. <laughs> Rangers for life. They're platting each other's beards, red beards. Anyway, honestly, Geelong are. Uh, you know, I've said it every year for the Wolves. The first year, I genuinely believed they would slide down the ladder. But every year, I've said it since, waiting for um, one day, one year, I'll be right. Maybe it's this one. <laughs> three and three. Could have been two and four if Gorn kicked straight. It was an absolutely pitiful performance. Yes. How you can be up and get run over like that at home against a team of nobodies is disgusting. You cost me 200 bucks. I fucking hate you. <laughs> Come on, go harder. Like, for solo, it only cost me 35. You should be at least seven times hungrier. Yeah, well, trust yeah, but, me, I was But you furious. were seven times drunker, Starbucks. <laughs> I didn't post True. once in that game day thread, but I posted fucking pathetic pieces of shit after the game. <laughs> Not because they lost, but because I lost my money. 
I was furious. My brother texts me the next day. He goes, but you're happy. I was like, go and get fucked. <laughs> I was absolutely fuming. Anyone from Jordan you want to single out? Well, I didn't watch the game because I was at work, but I probably blame all of them. Fucking Danger Flog, cocksucker. Danger Flog was actually one of the senior players who tried out. It was so wooden Hawkins who fucking pitiful Zach Tui had about 25 super coach points for the day. Oh, no. Oh, they I... should have just moved him to another position like super coach and then moved <laughs> him from D6 to D2 and he might be all right. I didn't see it, but apparently I saw it mentioned that on uh, on the couch they highlighted Dangerfield's lack of defensive effort and uh, he just let Josh Kennedy run away from the stoppages at ease. Uh, with ease, sorry. And uh, that was one of the main reasons why they had those centre clearances and ultimately won the game. So I think if you single out anyone, it has to be P. Dangerfield, three votes for losing the game. Mm, there we go, unaccountable cats. Hawkins was very, very bad, though. He was dropping marks like Mason Cox in round one. And then when he finally clunked one, he fucking went back and missed it like Max Gorn. They didn't have uh, Menzel, did they? No, I don't think Menzel like, played. He'd pretty much be their most important player because, like, no one else can score for them, really. Pretty much, and yet he, they dropped him for that qualifying final last year, which still makes me laugh. That's getting head-fucked at selection, isn't it? Blinking at selection, dropping your second-highest goal-kicker for the year because he doesn't tackle enough. Yeah, that's... that's ne- never mind getting, like getting influenced by a team board, that's like getting influenced by opposition poster trolls. <laughs> and, like, I know that thread wasn't around, the, the, the Tackle Watch thread wasn't around then, but um, you could just imagine Chris Scott kind of reading a fucking <laughs> troll thread on the bay about Dan Menzel and being like, oh, shit, they're right, we got to drop this guy. <laughs> that was because that game was at the MCG. It's like, oh, no, Menzel doesn't tackle on the MCG. It's a big ground. Big ground. <laughs> yet, yet Hawkins doesn't cover any ground, and on the big ground they didn't drop him. But games that don't matter time, I think. Essendon, Melbourne. Essendon fell in a heap again. Danaher was pretty bad. Max Gorn kicked a couple of goals from angles, which was quite surprising, despite the abuse he cut from Craffles. Anything out of that? Ah, I didn't watch this one. I think what we're seeing is the real Essendon. This is what I expect at the start is when you don't get a soft draw from finishing bottom and yet midfield lacks talent overall, when they're all one pace, this is what you end up with. Melbourne just exposed them badly. They are not good at football. Imagine being exposed by Melbourne. Yeah, imagine, yeah. Like, going gets tough in Melbourne, Roy. Mm. Was it like a string of goals to Melbourne after... Half time or something like usually that's that's happening to Melbourne. Yeah. So if Melbourne is piling on the goals against you, you got problems. If Melbourne's turning the tables and being tougher and harder working and scoring in sprees against you, you have a problem. Yeah. Max Gorn's kicking straight against you. Melbourne's winning at Eddie Hat against you. Was Goddard as much of a flog this week, or has he pulled his head in? I actually didn't notice whether Goddard was being a shit, but. Danaher was very bad, though. He was, like, that guy's going to win the worst player of the year, I think. I was just watching the scores for that. 
because I was at, at our game. Yeah. Since you mes- mentioned that you couldn't see, you only watched the scores because obviously there wasn't a watch. Do you remember back in the day when at a ground you could they actually put whatever other game was up on the screen if there was nothing else on? Yeah. Why do we not have that anymore? Yeah. Where did that go? That's a good idea. Where did like when did that stop happening? We we like on a Friday night they were put on the screen fucking old encounters like i went to a couple of carlton games and they were showing the same fucking win over collingwood each time <laughs> from i think it was when they started off that year when they won the first three and the the goo was flowing yeah. but, um, and ratten got sacked at the end of it like it disappeared very quickly but like clearly there's nothing else to put on the screen so why do we not get whatever other game is being played beamed onto the screens that must be a TV rights thing or something if they used to do that. And, cause I, I can see it in the MCC bar. I bet in any of the tabs in the ground you can see it. Like, I was watching Melbourne Essen in the bar. There would be there would be areas around the ground that would have it on small screens. It's just not on the big ones. I don't understand why. Bizarro. You want fan engagement? There's so fucking fan engagement. Give them the games of football, especially if it's a decent one, like, say... Richmond first Collingwood was before the Derby. Give them a good game to watch before fucking the teams come out. Because it's not like pre-game entertainment's any good. It's all garbage. No, it's all shit. Apart from bandwagon cam, which was actually funny. Yeah, you could put that in a quarter-time break on the or half-time yeah, break instead of kiss cam or fucking watch this wanker run against a fucking kangaroo or whatever other bullshit they do. The only other funny one is the Hames paint one where they take marks <clears throat> or knock themselves out, which happened the week before, where they take marks over Russell Robertson. That's very funny. Most of the pretty much shit could be worked yeah, worked around. Because where are these curtain raises we were promised? Haven't seen one yet. No, the lack of warm-ups on the ground. Yeah, haven't seen one yet. And, but I've also seen warming up, so. <laughs> yeah, that didn't last long. Anyway, Carlton Dogs. Pretty much an irrelevant game. I can't think of much out of this. I, honestly, I turned it off after about the first quarter and went and watched a movie. And I do not feel I missed anything. Oh, it was so fucking bad. Oh, like oh, it's been done to death. The whole these play these teams shouldn't play on Friday night, but these teams should not <laughs> play on Friday night. Well, we've waited all week. Well, you haven't really waited all week. You waited two days. But when you've waited two days for football and you get served up that piece of shit, fuck, that was awful. It was genuinely bad. The reason people are, I guess, talking about the, the fixturing is because this was completely foreseeable. Like, how did people expect Carlton to be anything worthy of, what, four or five Friday night games and a bunch of other prime time slots? Just... Like, Melbourne missed the finals by 0.5% and have no Friday nights. Say what you want about Melbourne, they will put in a better performance on Friday night, fucking Carlton. It just beggars belief that someone could look at the fixture this round and go, okay, so this round we've got Carlton versus the Dogs, Geelong versus Sydney, West Coast versus Frio in the first derby at the new stadium. And so what are we going to pick for Friday night? Oh, yeah, Carlton versus the Dogs. A1 logic. Eddie actually tried to justify it as well on Fox Footy in saying that, oh, 
because of the Anzac grounds had games had to be played on the Sunday and because of someone else off a six day break and blah 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 or you got to get a six-day break or not consecutive that the only Victorian teams that could be put on were Carlton and Dogs. And my response to that is, well, you didn't give a fuck on the Friday night before when it was Crows versus Sydney. And it's just like, just give us anyone. Don't care if they're Victorian. Just don't give us Carlton. No. Well, I don't, Why is that I a thing? I couldn't care less if I watched Adelaide and Gold Coast on the Friday night. It would have been fucking better than watching what we did. Marginally, but yes. Like, Geelong-Sydney well, was the game. They could Surely. have done that because, yeah, Sydney played the, the previous Friday and Geelong the previous Saturday, right? Like, I get, obviously, you're not going to put Collingwood-Richmond on because that would have been, what, a two-day break, but <laughs> Geelong-Sydney would have worked. Yeah, but it's not like they couldn't have planned it out better. It's not like round five was set in stone. No. Like in, Make sure that Carlton are not on in a primetime slot. No one wants to watch them. You know what? They have all these fucking algorithms and shit for the fixture, but how much do you think they pay for the fixture to get it made? How much do you think it costs? Millions. Yeah, it costs millions. I reckon if you gave it to the likes of, say, Dan, who, main man, (laughs) 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 he would get you something like that. Hey, hey, we'd whip up an Excel spreadsheet in about three hours yes. at less than $50,000. Correct, at, a, at what it would cost it for, for one man. Bucks. He would literally do it for 50 bucks, old dad man. <laughs> no, 100, and 100 MVP votes. <laughs> and a frozen Coles pizza. He'd get it done. But you, I, like, honestly, if you pay me, like, if it costs millions, I would do it for a hundred grand. I would, to be the fixture master, I would quit my job to be, and I think the same would go for the rest of you. Like, Peter, for example, you could do it for New Zealand. Oh, uh, uh, St Kilda, if I, if I am in charge of the fixture, you're coming back to New Zealand next year. <laughs> Playing a home game against Hawthorne, yeah? Actually... Fucking Geelong, you're playing a home game against St Kilda in New Zealand. <laughs> just, just, just out of spite. But like, I reckon you could get one person to be the fully professional fixturer, and they would do a better job than the fucking computers formula that they send to fucking Canada, which is yeah, what they do. It's. Like the whole match review official thing, like it's Michael Christian and him alone now to try and uh, bring more transparency and accountability to the process. So they should, so they should do the same thing. Just make the fixture one guy in a room with a fucking spreadsheet or whatever, and that way he can be accountable and engage with the public and it'd be refreshing to have that level of honesty when when something does does come up like this and let's say maybe he does give Carlton the spreadsheet works it out that Carlton get one Friday night and then when that comes around the next year and Carlton are still inevitably crap he can front up in the media and say yeah sorry guys fair cop got this one wrong shouldn't have given it to Carlton and then all the Carlton fans will go oh big four it's funny that we're talking about like spreadsheets because like you could always just go, oh, I misplaced it, so I had to do a rough, you know, it worked for Essendon, I had to do it on on the fly, 
and just it's by accident Carlton ended up here. Like that's an excuse I think you could probably get away with because it's worked before. You can cop the odd mistake like Carlton getting one Friday night. I'm sure if it was only the one, we'd all live with it. We would all live with that, yes, correct. We would live with one Friday night for each shit team except perhaps Brisbane because no one gives a fuck. Like, watching Carlton lose on a Friday night once a year is funny. Twice, no. You know, you don't tell the joke twice. Especially when we already fucking heard it eight times in 2015. Correct. That joke isn't funny anymore. Let's get off Carlton Dogs. The best part about this game is that entire discussion we had about the fucking fixture. Dan, write a letter. Another game that didn't matter. Uh, Hawthorne St Kilda. You got it done in Tassie in a ugly circumstances and St Kilda are very bad at football. Yeah, I guess the main talking point out of this game is probably Tim Membry. <laughs> James Brayshaw's commentary sums that up. It is harder to miss that than it is to kick it. Well, so someone probably told him before the game, like, yeah, Tim Membry is good, but he's no Josh Bruce, and he wanted to prove that person wrong, so he replicated Josh Bruce's effort from the exact same round at the exact same ground last Opposite year. end. That's the only difference. Yes, that's, yeah, good point. What, what, is, it, what is it with some killer coming to Tassie and not fucking being able to kick straight? It's just, like, Luke completely like, mentally checking out. It's not a uniquely St Kilda problem, though. That said, kicking it, the ball into the post from one metre out does appear to be a uniquely St Kilda problem. But, like, even even when we were, you know, three-peating, every other game in Tassie was just this low-scoring shit-fest slog where, you know, you'd, you'd have teams kick, like, 8-12 to 5-12 or something, and that would be the final score. That said, most of those were weather affected, wind and rain, and apparently there was absolutely no wind down in Launceston, which is quite a rarity. So, like, maybe the players just expected there to be wind and compensated for it or something, and just because that was just shocking skills, especially from the Saints. Fortunately, a couple of players like uh, Isaac Smith, you know, stood out, and it was probably the class of... Smith and Bruce that were the difference in the end. You know who else stood out for all the wrong reasons? Um, and I'm glad you're on this week, Penal. Daniel Howe. Stood out for the wrong reasons, you say? Mm. Nice long goal from outside 50. What, what about that little tumble he took underneath the high ball? Ooh, I didn't see that. I'll have to okay. go... Uh, um, it's in the Squib of the Year thread. Oh, okay, I'll have to... Uh... It's not pretty. Ah, oh, okay. I, I've got a. I see a thread here from Geelong Dynasty called Daniel Howe was about to take a mark. You won't believe what happened next. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing I'll probably see a gif in this thread. Ooh. Um, ah, Duck and how, cover. How can you defend that? <laughs> you'd, you'd have to be uh, backpedaling harder than Daniel Howe to try and defend him for that one. I love how this St Kilda player. Actually, he was so confused by what happens. He just goes, just jumps over him and completely misses the ball. I was like, what the fuck? I was expecting the contact to stop me. So I could... <laughs> it's like, what, what, what's happened? Nobody looks good out of this one. I think that's just a bag it and move on. I, yeah. It's like most, most things out of this game, you know, you just forget they happened and hope that they don't become a pattern. 
let's never speak of it again. Speaking of unspeakable horrors, <laughs> has anyone seen Ben Stratton's tattoo? We all know about the mullet. No. Is it worse than Stringer's fucking lion? No, it's nothing's nothing's that bad, but it is amusing. Like I cracked up when I saw it. He's got the Michelin Man tattooed on his like forearm or bicep region. Jesus, and that's what an odd unit <clears throat> DJ Stratosphere is. That's the Stringer one's objectively worse, but it's just so random, and it's it's a small one, so it's not as obnoxiously floggy, but it's just so random and uh yeah weird unit yeah let's move on from this game the puffers skied over north in the end um no i've got nothing on this game yeah i didn't see it wasn't there north i'm in the eight so port beat them are we surprised same old story giants beat brisbane not much out of this except that they probably didn't do it convincingly enough and that dane zorko is in a world of trouble at the moment I'm sure we'll play him into form next week. <laughs> he is not finding it. Like, you could run Pendlebury up against him, even at his unaccountable best, and Zorko wouldn't touch it at the way he's going at the moment. You could play Chris Main on him and mm. play Joe him Blair, form. And he mm. wouldn't impact the contest. And the funniest part is the youngsters are coming along okay, but he's just not, no leadership from him. Yeah, well, uh, apparently uh, Hodgie's back in the mix. Oh, Hodgie will come back in next week. So is he doing a thing where he doesn't travel, or or after the after he travelled last time and he was so bad, he's not allowed to leave the Gabba anymore. When the Gabba no one will see that he's shit. <laughs> if he goes on the road, someone might actually be watching. I think he travelled. He just was in the coach's box, like a match day coach role. Maybe Sunday. Sam Mitchell did that a few times last year, I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah, it's, not, it's just not the miles into the legs. Yeah, go with the team, but stay in the coach's box. Adelaide did it pretty easy against the Suns. Tom Lynch was very bad, but now he's out injured, so maybe that was a reason, but I got nothing on that. I noticed Adelaide got another hamstring injury, mm-hmm. and uh, Tex Walker this time. Yep. It's starting to all look a bit Essendon 2012-ish, because... That is a lot take, of soft tissue injuries. It takes it to seven hamstrings. Seven. Although the the reason they gave for Tex for his injury was apparently hamstring awareness. <laughs> not, so he's aware that he's got one? Not, not tightness, not injury, but awareness. And being Tex, I could just imagine him like sitting there going, Huh? I've got a hamstring? <laughs> just like... Suddenly coming to grips with that for the first time and the realisation that he's got a hamstring is what's keeping him out. So this is Hamstring Awareness Week at the Crows. <laughs> is that is that what is it? We're going to wear hammers in this off like Harry Taylor. And, um, <laughs> hamstring Awareness Week. We're going to do a public service announcement. This may shock you, but you too have a hand. <laughs> Every ten minutes in Africa, someone realizes they have a hamstring. You might not know that you have a hamstring until it goes snap. We do like to make the joke that South Australia is a couple of decades behind, but if they're only just aware of hamstrings now, 
Maybe it's a bit they've, longer. They've only, they've only just got, like, basic <laughs> medical equipment. Jesus, wait till osteoarthritis pubis catches up. <laughs> they probably haven't worked out what the deal is with concussions. <laughs> That's why Ford keeps sending Hamish Hartlett out on the, onto the ground. <laughs> <laughs> he did his ACL, you jerk. <laughs> well, at least he's saved from concussions. Let me explain why Tex can't talk. Did he do an ACL or is he the victim of knee awareness? <laughs> That's what's next, ACL awareness. ACL awareness. Oh, fuck. Didn't expect any of that out of um, that particular nothing game, but I think that's a good note to move on to our talking points. And we will stay in West Horsham because the power puffer thing is not going away. Can we please refer to him by the name that Caro did, which is Sam Powell-Pecker? <laughs> Caro said that. She didn't mean to, but on footy classified, she called him Sam Powell-Pecker. I've seen that used. Oh. I've seen that used on Beautiful, which I think is just confirmation that she's been reading it for, um, yeah, the hot takes. That is one of the all-time great Freudian slips. Oh, fuck. <laughs> The first time she brought up the situation, she called him that. That is brilliant. Look, this whole situation, how is Koshi threatening legal action and going all footy show and getting, like, puffing his chest out over this whole matter? Like, it's been confirmed. He inappropriately touched her. This, he hasn't been not convicted in a sense in that he's not done nothing wrong. He's clearly downskirted or whatever the rumour is. So... What's the big deal here? Like, and Koshi deflecting, saying the AFL punishing him is all, you know, because of Lethlian and all that. Like, are we, what do we think of all this? So I'm guessing what Koshi's complaining about is that there was no police complaint or involvement and Port thought they dealt with it and then the AFL have come over the top and Koshi's not happy with that? Or According to Port, that Power Pepper's been basically slandered by Seven and the AFL have suspended him and scapegoated him for ultimately far more than what he deserved. Like, they acknowledge that he did something wrong, but they clearly are debating over the... arguing against the three weeks that he's eventually got. They probably feel that one was a, was sufficient for just the for general embarrassment, whereas the AFL clearly think what he did was worse. But they'd already left him out for two, so... Yeah, well, he, he withdrew himself for the second, didn't he? Supposedly. Mm. The fact that he didn't have legal representation in his interview makes me uncomfortable. He should always have the right to representation. So was this dictated by the AFL or did he just was he just too dumb to? I, I believe it was dictated by the AFL. Everyone has a right to defence. I don't know. It seems there's something bigger at play and I, once again, don't know what it is, but... The AFL are just an untrustworthy bunch of cunts. I do feel that the way Koshi's come out, though, is very, very weird. There's defending your player and then there's going to just weird extremes. Yeah, and it's like he's trying to say something, but he can't say it, and so it's all just Yeah, and weird. all he does is make it look worse. Yeah. If, if they had have just left it and shut up, like, you can fight in private with the AFL. Yeah. You can do that as much as you like. You don't need to come out. Don't air your dirty laundry. Playing the left lean card is the very iffy move because fucking apparently the Gold Coast are out of the China deal as of next year. 
Porter looking for a new suitor, which may be St Kilda, but... Don't poke the hand that feeds you. Yes, exactly. The AFL are the ones who are going to send a team there to play you and are going to sweeten the pie like you don't do that if you care about that shit. I'm an idiot. Did I just say don't poke the hand that feeds you? Yes. Yeah, you poking hands. Lucky that wasn't Dan, otherwise we'd go on yeah. about it for Very, hours. uh... Very uh, Sam Powell Pecker of me. <laughs> On your caro. Anything else out of the Powell Pecker thing? No, so he's free to play this week? Or, he's, he's, or did he play last week? No, he's, he, he was allowed to play a sample, but he's back in the AFL this week. He's had his three weeks, which I don't know. That's what Nathan Broad got. So overall, it doesn't seem right, but there's clearly something on a lot of in a lot of ways, potentially on both sides, there's something very sus here. Perhaps it's worse than Porter making it out to be, but at the same time, the AFL are, yeah, screwing him a little bit without the legal representation because of that. Or it's, or it's far too murky. No, it's all a bit weird. I think the best thing that could happen for this situation and for Sam Powell is for people to stop talking about it, and I don't think Port Adelaide did him any favours. No, absolutely not. And honestly, this shit needs to play out with the coppers. Exactly right, and if... If somebody does something wrong to you and you feel like you need to and you've got a grievance with somebody, you take that to the police. You don't take it to their employer. Unless you want some money. Exactly right. Mm. And if you then it's not a Fremantle player, so maybe you're not getting any money. Mm. And from that we will segue to Fremantle and the AFL are the AFL are endorsing payoffs now. Like, hmm, it's very interesting. I thought it was really strong by Colin Carter to come out and say that he thought this was exactly against everything that the AFL were meant to be doing and that he was so surprised by Gillen's comments. I like it when Gillen and the fold are held accountable by presidents and CEOs, chairman. I think it's a ridiculous comment that he made. Absolutely absurd. Yeah, the press conference from Gillen, that was not his finest hour. He was stumbling and fumbling. It's like the Mayor Quimby one. You need it. You put in the flames, the superimposed the flames around him over that one because that that, was... that that was fucking President Bush saying you can't get pulled again. <laughs> level of bad mission accomplished. I don't know. No, no. I do know what's worse. The whole the way Fremantle have handled the entire Ross Leinstein saga is worse. The way the AFL have openly endorsed the practice is just, like, settlements are legitimate in a way, but the way McLaughlin said it for this sort of shit, you can't say that. Yeah, it's fucking hush money. There's all these... Yes, it's like there's a difference between a settlement and hush money, and this is clearly on the wrong side of it. Yeah, Yeah, well, when when you have to impose a confidentiality clause in it, then there's questions that need to be asked. This person hasn't been able to work since. That's a long time to have not been able to have gainful employment. Especially when the confidentiality clause is what the guilty party in Ross Lyon used to weasel around answering the questions when they were posed by Basil Zemplis on his weekly Did We See This spot on Channel 7 News. Uh, is, Is Basil fucking... Did he make Lyon sweat? Because if you're getting uh, sort of intimidated by investigative <laughs> journalist Basil, then uh, just fucking grab a toaster and a bar pub and just <laughs> it all. Basil pushed him pretty fucking hard on this, the idea that are you the person in question? Because 
Lyon kept diverting back to the respect and responsibility clause or practice of the AFL protects the right to privacy of all parties involved, so I'm not going to discuss it. Like the snaky, the snaky bastard is hid behind the fact that there is a privacy aspect to the respect and responsibility thing. He's hidden behind that. Yeah, that's to protect the victim, yes, not the not, perpetrator. I know, but he's so he's such a shifty sort of behind your back move club sort of way that we're so used to with him. He has pivoted that to he doesn't have to answer the question, and. It was just so unconvincing. It's just like you've paid 50 to 80 grand is apparently the price tag for whatever it was that you when, did. When, when somebody leaves and the reason by it, like for it is like something HR related, like this person would obviously have been paid out their benefits and, some, and so forth, but this is not their benefits. This was a separate payment due to the actions of... Shut up and go away. Mm. Yeah, pay, in, paying for their silence, basically. Yeah. Every t- every time we seem to take take a step forward, as a, like as a league and as a group of people in the way we treat women, we just go and take another step back. Yeah. And now that now that the league yeah. employs so many more women and has a whole league full of women, there has to come a time where we take a stand and say, you know what, enough's enough. We can't be paying hush money. We can't be treating people like this anymore. No. Like, hush money is... Is a Carlton 1990s thing. It, it, it is. It's just like we're talking about fucking what Carlton used to do in, and it was years ago and it was frowned upon and all of a sudden we're back there. Not just back there. We're back there and the league's endorsing it. Yes. At least then it was frowned upon. <laughs> like, hush money overall, and it doesn't even have to be in a case like this, like... Hush money was what Essen paid, paid the weapon in the end. It's part of his settlement. Shut up and don't don't tell the truth about, you know, all the shit that went down. Yeah, like, in, in some cases, it makes sense. Like, even for the weapon thing, you can sort of justify it in a sense of we don't want the weapon to go out and do a book deal or something. So there's some justification there. But in this case, it just seems to be a clear case of we did the wrong thing. Please don't tell anyone we did the wrong thing uh, or Ross did the wrong thing because it'll make him look really bad. K thanks. And we won't allow justice to be served or whatever. We'll just get in the way and obstruct with our little payment here. And I'm very surprised that the league can tick off on the handling of that. Very surprised. Yeah, because if, if it's something that is cleared under, and this is the question that everybody's asked, so we're not first on this, but if it is, as everybody said, and Freo maintain, this was a very minor one-off issue that was that happened at a Christmas party and was nothing like it happened again, and et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Why such a hefty payout and silence clause if if there was no privacy clause and it was open and you said he said this at the christmas party once yeah if the full facts were out there in terms of what he said how often they he said it and whether it was ongoing or not which and it turns out that it was it was just the one-off and then i think most people would sort of 
go. You idiot, Ross, and move on. You idiot, Ross, but the kind of having the payment there, that attracts further scrutiny and sort of makes you think what else was going on at that time between Ross and this person or other people for it to attract a, a payment and such a hefty one, it makes you want to dig further because just seeing that payment and the figures being reported makes you think there's something deeper here rather than just a, a one-line throwaway comment. No, there's, there's no way a comment could be worse than what the situation is now. Yes, that too. Mm. But, like, even if you air it in public, like, fucking consider the Nathan Broad thing, consider the Power Pepper thing as things that have played out in public within a similar... They're not quite the same, but clearly they are more significant offences than a one-off comment would be. So if you consider yes. it that way, and the broad one has blown over, Pecker will eventually blow over too. If you let this one play its course, it would go away, and the only people who'd still talk about it would be the flogs on day 13. The fact that you have to pay so much money to keep it silent says there's so much more going on here. Even if there's not, it makes it look like an admission of... Further yeah. guilt. It's it's you know it's ninety percent optics, and the optics of this one are not good. I, I can't see it being anything other than more than this. I just like I get what you say about the optics and the look of it, but I know Freo have a bit of money, but to pay this says that like if you did the risk assessment on this, it, well, you would say that the price is too high. If someone came to you about this over a one-off, you would laugh them out of the fucking building. Yeah. A, he said. She said. Nothing worse than a couple of words. Mm. And now because there's this, this payment attached, instead of this being a, something that gets aired, gets its news cycle and uh, is dealt with and forgotten about, like you mentioned with the broad, broad one, uh, it's something that's probably going to be continuously referred to. And uh, in the news cycle, it's certainly when, when Ross Lyon and Fremantle come up, just because of the... Will we ever know what really happened with the with the hush money? And just on that, the other thing about it is if it was such a minor offence or minor act or whatever the fuck it is, Ross Lyon would not have weaseled his way out of answering the question Basil Zemp was posed to him with the loophole of that respects everyone's privacy. He'd have come out and he'd have said, that's what it was, that's all it was. Yeah, no, and Ross, he'd want to be like you know, honourable, make himself a martyr and yeah. go like, oh, I did the wrong thing. Does that make sense? <laughs> um, but it's not ideal. In this case, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the most pertinent question, though, which has been posed is, does this come out of Freo's soft cap? The hush money? Yeah, football department balance sheet, P&L. A section for hush money. <laughs> like, does every every club probably used to have it? Yeah. Carl didn't have it on their sheets. It just came in brown paper bags when they did it. Do we have anything else on uh, Lionstein? No, that's it. Anything on Bomber Thompson? Oh, Bomber. Bomber, Bomber, Bomber. I think it's a bit sad now. But that's a lot of shit to be caught with. That's a hell of a lot of stuff. I'll tell you what shits me, though. The fact that Robbo was linking this back to the drug saga. It's like, no, you drunken buffoon. He was, everybody knew he was into this shit before. Yeah, I mean, like, you only have to look at the fact that 
You used to live in Geelong, and there's your answer right there. Blame the AFL all you want for the hush money endorsement and all this shit, but the drug saga thing is not, and the AFL's handling of it and all that shit is not the reason Bomber Thompson's in the mess no. that he's in now. It, it was a long, long bow to draw the fucking AFL and the media being responsible for what happened to Heard uh, a couple of years ago, and it's an even longer bow here. He's in real trouble, and it's crazy that it can happen in the situation that it did because this is a guy who was in charge of a football club. He was mentor and yeah. custodian of a number of young young men, basically. Someone you would and expect to have their shit together a lot yep. more than that. And just as a, as a decline, that's far more stark than, say, a Ben Cousins. Yeah. I don't know. I got nothing on that. I want to go back to settling, actually. How's the AFL settling with Katie Brennan? There's not quite we much will, money. We will settle this with you if you agree. If you agree to be silent about it <laughs> and not take this to the Human Rights Commission, sounds awfully similar. It, it does sound awfully similar. It's a different type of hush money, but in this case, it is clearly about the optics because there's no way they lose that battle. No, but they don't want to be seen to be taking a marquee player. They don't want the stress that comes with it, and it's just it's. It's so pathetic from her and the dogs that they made it about this. And they wiped a week, which probably might have been wiped anyway, when they brought the rule in. when they Because they were clearly going to change the rule anyway. After the mess it caused, they were going to go, oh, shit, we'll change it, it's going to go away. And everyone would have been happy. But the dogs and Britain had to bring up the Human Rights Commission like fucking attention whores. This is reeks of Peter Gordon. It absolutely does. This never would happen happened on Birdie's watch. Mm. No. Yeah, I don't, I, that's just one thing. It is it is hush money, but it's a different type. Or well, it's a hush deal, but it's a different type of one. I, I, I don't like it. I don't know about anyone else. No, it stinks. Last of the talking points, let's discuss the Christian Petrarca-infected finger, which I believe he got from sticking his finger in a Collingwood supporter's mouth. Well, that'll teach him. Um... This is just a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Why the Collingwood players when they when they fake play with dogs, they don't get in, they don't get infections. So was he throwing a frisbee or what was he doing to get bitten by his dog? Maybe he's playing basketball again. <laughs> you know, dunked dunked it and then grazed it on a rusty rim. He tried to uh, set up his dog for the alley oop, but instead of uh, going for the ball, he. Got him instead. He was handling Ben Simmons's gold chain, and it cut him. That's his mate, isn't it? It is pretty funny though. That well, not funny, funny, but the whole amputation discussion came up. Oh, Daniel Chick, you know, because it, it's his pointing finger. He wouldn't be able to do it, be like Goddard. Ah, oh, if fucking that happened to Goddard, that'd be retire on the spot. Yeah, he'd throw the towel in. Questions. First one's from Big Birds, sort of. Asked already, but have any of the hosts had to move schools before? Um, no, I did not. Morgs? No, I never moved to schools, but I don't have red hair. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't have red hair either, so yeah, it's probably my pain. No red hair, didn't have to move schools. So I guess that's just Dan after he was bullied. Next question it's from Gornage. What was Craffle saying to Max Gorn over the fence? Please, could you tell me how to grow a beard? As nice as yours. Just not in those exact words. 
more like I'm going to bend you over and get a razor and cut off all your fucking beard and stick it on my face because it looks amazing and I want your facial hair on my face. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Well, that nothing. Will you make me a coffee one day? Oh, uh, probably your coffee is nowhere near as good as Jab's coffee. <laughs> I tried your coffee and it sucked. You should go to New York and learn how to become a barista. <laughs> Gorge also wanted to know, should the Essendon banner riders be red carded for injury trolling over the Petrarca thing? No. Funniest thing they've done a week. I mean, at some point there's probably a line, and as long as they didn't step over the line, like, I'll be pretty nervous in a whenever they play Sydney in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they don't make a banner about Gary Rowan. So as long as you oh. toe close to the line but don't step over it, yeah. I don't have a problem with injury trolling. <laughs> we, know, we, know, we know that. <laughs> I think that's all right, Banter. If he lost his finger, then you probably, you know, how would God I'd like it, as we said. If your own players couldn't handle the injury, then... But I think, considering no one thought it was that bad, fair game. That, that, would, have, that would have been a reverse, uh, a, a great counter-banner from, from Melbourne. Melbourne. Like, if they'd made a sort of... Petrarca nearly lost his finger... It doesn't matter. He doesn't need to point like God or some, something like that. I'm sure if you got Danny McGinley on the job, he could have made a brilliant rhyming banner yeah. to that effect. Last one, K4A. Question for Morg. Should Lyndon Dunn be Collingwood's new and accountable skipper? Well, he's much more accountable than the one we currently have, so that's ridiculous. Ridiculous comment, K4A. <laughs> Pull your head in. Pull red your head in. in. No better. Ridiculous Get back on the comment. fence. Pull your red head in. Your red head in. No. I don't know who would be our next captain. Maybe Darcy Moore, but he's got a bit of flog about him. What about the goalie? Oh, well, apparently he's getting big offers from St Gilda. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Jordan. Have they checked that? <laughs> oh, but he's but he's naughty, so that's why they want. Him. Yeah, well, naughty, old naughty Jordy, they want a bit. They probably set Jared Blair on fire first. Probably oh, please. <laughs> Obviously, all the, the media talk uh, about St Kilda is that they're just too vanilla and boring. So, you know, what better way to counteract that than by going after a uh, fucking... Bad boy. Yeah, firebrand. I expect them to launch a multi-million dollar offer for James Sicily while they're at it. They need to get back to what they do best, winning off-season premierships. This week on the Bay, thread of the week. Okay, I'm going to start with this. An honourable mention. He makes a lot of... He's made a lot of shit threads this year. But from lethality, Lions AFL-approved hush money payment, just another of his bad investments. And then the comment, there was hush money paid, but the age had the details now. Time for Fair to sack the sex predator and you can go live in a caravan in his parents' backyard again. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. What else we got? Bosk's one about... Infraction points? Yeah, for him... Love and peace and harmony. Yeah. Pretty gay thread title, boss. By the way, <laughs> good content. Another honourable H2F thread. If you hired a team specifically to destroy a club in five years, would they be as effective as Carlton? Which was great, except for the spelling mistake of effective. It's effective, not affective. Surely the founder of the Bay would know how to spell effective. Mm, you'd think so. And another one which did not get enough love from always born. 
stream handle, every kid gets a trophy, snowflake generation, all the OP set was sad. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favourite, my favourite of the week. <laughs> <laughs> it's only got the two likes, my yeah. favourite snowflake, I can't believe that, that needs, ah. needs more love. I can't believe I didn't like it. I reckon I laughed for about half an hour. Now I've got to find it. Where is Give it a bump whilst you're at it. Needs a, needs a good bump. Can we give that straight of the week? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm all for it because always born, criminally underrated poster does not get enough love. No, it's got four likes now. Another, another sneaky honourable mention to the thread on the main board from Impunity. Why is the Anzac TV logo so damn big? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that one? I saw that one. <laughs> anyway, always ball and wins. Flog of the week, what have we got? Oh, I had somebody, let me think. Oh, natural disaster. For giving me the lamest sig there's ever been. You're so fucking cut up. And all the Richmond idiots who think that Adam Chaw's girlfriend got paid by Channel 9. You're pathetic. Just pathetic. Troll him over the things he did and the things he said. Why do you need to bring his girlfriend up? And to think that that's still his girlfriend. If you're going to go into all these details, well, then you'd know that his girlfriend is a more elite sportsman than he'll ever be and has represented her country. You don't need to troll him over that. You idiot. Um, I don't know. Oh, maybe this guy that keeps laughing in the background here. <laughs> Actually, can I give another honourable whilst we're at it to the thread of the week to Zaka for Essendon and Collingwood are penalised for playing Anzac Day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd like to give Sig of the Week to Zaka. What did he do? He got, he's got the signature of the week. No, oh, did you provide it? Yep. <laughs> Zaka provided a picture of his finger in an SFA thread. He's got a wart. Oh, oh, is it a wart finger thread, Sig? Yeah, sorry. Uh. <laughs> Where is it? I'll read it. Hang on. My wart is both bigger than my dick and bigger than the dicks of the 22 Essendon players <laughs> on Anzac Day. <laughs> Good sig. <laughs> I've got a flog of the week. It's an obscure one and it's not got anything to do with the bay or footy in general. But Robert Lenton of Turek... You know what you did. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm basically I'm calling calling this guy out for being an idiot because this uh, banking royal commission thing seems to have exposed a couple of idiots, and this guy's written to the newspaper saying, basically, won't somebody please think of the children? saying, oh, no, those evil bad banks and now I, because I'm a shareholder in the banks, am going to suffer. Uh, so you know what you did. You know what you're getting into. Don't go fucking crying for now. You profited from years of fucking dodgy behaviour and that's probably how you got your house in Turak from the first place. And so I've got no sympathy for you crying for now. Robert Lenton of Turak, <laughs> and he's probably that Essendon supporter at the ground yelling at Max Gorn because that's exactly the sort of rabid frivolity I would expect from the sort of guy who 
<laughs> writes letters to a fucking newspaper complaining about the Royal Commission. Move over natural disaster, we have a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I dribbled. Robert Lenton from Turak, you're a flog. Have we got time for Morgs' recommendation of the week? Where did you eat this week? My <laughs> Uber Eats recommendation of the week. Um, if it, literally, everyone's had one of those days where you just, you're hungover or you're just feeling seedy and you want Chinese. Chinese in the Collingwood area. Look, I'm getting a thumbs up from my manager right now who's <laughs> listening. Rise Barbecue. <laughs> what street's it on, Jay? No, Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Rise Barbecue is the seediest, dirtiest Chinese restaurant, and they provide all the MSG goods you'll ever need. Uh, like chicken satays are like four bucks. It's great. Value for money, seedy Chinese, delicious. Rise Barbecue, R I Z E. Look it up. Get on it, Port fans. Get on it. Also, I've got an app of the week. It's called Cash Show. You should play. What? <laughs> There's a trivia game. It's called Cash Show. And what does it do? And, and you win cash every day. Like, there's two shows, one at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and one at 9 o'clock, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And that cash cab guy, Curly, hosts it. <laughs> and it's live and there's, like, a chat thing and, and you answer 12 questions and the first six are not for money and the last six are for money and there's $500 up for grabs. So you win, like, cents. And when you get to, like, $10, you can cash out to your PayPal account. <laughs> Okay. And so myself, Bestie, Mardo, we go, all play cash show every day. And I'm now leading because I won $2.68 today. You're quarter away there. Well, I've got $3 something now because I won last week too. So I'm nearly at my $10 cash out amount. So if anyone wants to play cash show, send me a PM and I'll send you a link and we'll both get a free life. Dan, this is how you make your money. <laughs> Look, it's just a couple of cents at a time, but it all adds up, guys. Yeah, um, and I got a shout out from the host because he was wearing a leather jacket. So I wrote in the, the comment section, sick jacket. And he wrote back and he's like, no, he spoke to me like live because he's, he's hosting it. And he's like, oh, Morgan, actually, sick name. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, and, and Grug got a mention too. But. <laughs> I was first. But like 5,000 people play at a time. It's good. Uh, I had a a friend once who did that in like a fucking online poker deal, like where you got those real-life dealers in some fucking country that has really lax gambling laws, like Bangladesh or something. And I had a mate who would just go on there and go do blackjack and poker with like couple hundred bucks or something to just basically mess with the dealers and try and flirt with them. <laughs> Next week's games. And who's going to tip these? Uh, penal, because I did last week. Okay, Penal can be our tipper. And we find, we have a Friday night game that should deliver. Cats versus Giants at the cheat ground. I don't trust the Giants on the road. I'm going to go with the Cats to bounce back. Dogs versus Suns. At Mars Stadium, Ballarat. Easy. No Tom Lynch, no Suns. Dogs to win easily. The 
line in the sand game, Essendon versus Hawthorne. Part of me would not be surprised if Essendon, after the week they've had, copying it from all sides and the media, would not be surprised if they beat us and then lose to Carlton because that's just that sort of year. But really, we should be winning this comfortably because they're a rabble. Eagles versus Puffers. Tough game. West Coast are in the top eight. Top four, in fact. Second. So I'll back them to get the job done at home. Colas versus North. North, real shout in this one. Yeah, but yeah, you you back Sydney, I think. They're going to be without Buddy and Hanabry again, apparently. They're into week two of their bender. Yeah, so how many how many more weeks on the uh, strike ban? <laughs> I think that's 11, yeah. Yeah, I guess the uh, Dane Beams president. But he always comes back quick from the uh, quad strikes, though. Mm, last, good. last, it's been six weeks, four weeks. He's got this interesting heel injury from Optus Stadium that only just appeared last week. Funny, that. Yeah, it only just conveniently appeared because people were talking about the stadium because of other injuries, and it just quickly blame it on that to avoid people asking too many questions. Yeah, it's all it's all about the optics <laughs> with Buddy. Buddy optics, just like Buddy meters. Can't say uh, cocaine, man. Got to say uh, mental health. All about the optics. Crowbots versus Carlton. Oh, fuck me! Crows by how much is the question? And this is this is the um, it's the showpiece game in Hamstring Awareness Week because Carlton love their free hams. Ah uh, yes, the uh, Saturday night prime time blockbuster. Didn't realise we were fucking broadcasting murders on live TV. Yeah, Richmond versus Freo at the MCG, and the last two times this has happened, it's ended basically the same way. Ooh, nah, you you can't tip against Richmond. They're going to drop a game at some point, but. It, they're looking bloody good. Best side in the comp, so you got to go Richmond. God, Saints versus Melbourne. Ooh. Uh, is it Eddie had or the J? Eddie had. Mm, makes it very interesting. I think Melbourne have ended their Eddie had curse and their St Kilda losing streak. Right, they they're slowly getting over all their curses and winning streaks. So yeah. Back Melbourne. They should be the better team. And finally, Bryans versus Collingwood. Mm. Bryans. Uh, uh, <coughs> no. No, Collingwood. Are you serious? No, no, he corrected himself. It sort of came out, but I wasn't thinking straight clearly because no, nobody. No nobody has any reason to uh, go for the Bryans in this one. No, there is no reason to pick the Bryans. When are the Bryans and fucking Carlton going to win a game? This could go on for a long time. When do they play each other? Yeah, I was wondering that. Like, because I don't... I can't see them winning a game. Well, Carlton play Essendon the week after this. They're a sneaky chance. And the Bryans play the Dogs. It could, it could only last till next week. Yeah, those mid-table sides like uh, Essendon, Melbourne, St Kilda, probably the most likely... Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe if they catch a top team in the middle of a uh, heavy training block. <laughs> Round 16. Is that the... Brian's Carlton. Yeah. Honestly, I would not be surprised, though, to see Brian's role listening on current form. They're showing a little bit more at the moment. Anyway, this was the forecast for Round 7. Starburn's joined by Walks. 
Adios, amigos. And panel. See you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week.